Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go. Let's go. Where are we going? The hell I'm back. Well, hopefully you have a safe word. Uh, whoa. Oh. Welcome back to What's Your Safe Word. I'm Amp. I'm Mr. Christopher. And today... Um, I have no idea what we're doing as usual. Welcome back to the Sex Education Podcast. It's got a few kinks. Apparently, the kinks today are in hell. Yes. Why are they in hell? I don't know. That's just a saying. Hell and back. And what does that mean, though? Uh, that you're going to hell and back. So wait, it's a long we're, trip. We're, well, we're coming back from hell then. So we're not, it's not a bad thing, right? Is this like a bad place scenario? Sure. <laughs> I don't know. Today, we are back and at it again, uh, studying and, and writing our notes for back to school season. And I actually thought, what better way to kind of do a back to school season sort of episode than to talk about studies and how kink and sex is generally treated by um, science, by schools, by like the DSM and all of that, just because we haven't done that for a bit. All right. So is it really back to school season? Yeah, it's, a, it's literally the end of it's September, like tomorrow. It's been so long since I've been in school. I don't even know what um, what that means. Yeah. <laughs> and and oh. it's turning summer here in San Francisco. So I'm like, aren't they on summer break? No, it's summer break is literally about to end. So, so for me, September, so back September was always back to school season. It was usually like the end of August that we would start or the very beginning of September. And I mean, I, I, I remember it fondly. I, I liked school. Did you like school as a kid? No. Oh, I hated school. Well, I hated the people at my school, but I liked school. because I liked you... the people. I didn't like the learning. Oh, well, we're very different people in that regard. <laughs> I was bullied heavily in school and mostly because I was better at sports than the jocks and they didn't like me for that. So like get shit on. But I liked school because I, I liked doing homework. I liked doing my assignments. I liked learning. I don't know about, well, I've always liked learning though. That's pretty. Well, I grew up with like very super religious parents. So anything Same. that got me out of the freaking house. So I signed up for every after school activity uh, there is. I tried to stay out of the house as much as humanly possible. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, my favorite thing was after school, all the after school. I stayed in I school as much as Papilla possible. Papilla possible. Papilla possible. Yeah. But I, I, I think that at least as we get into kind of our older years, I, I look at school fondly, but I also hated it so much. Like I enjoyed, I was that kid that was in like middle school, but doing college classes so I could get them out of the way. So I didn't have to pay for them. Oh, I didn't care about you college. Were a solid I didn't care C about. Student. I was a solid yeah, C well, student. I learned from the test, and that's it. Speaking of uh, hell, my parents literally put the the fear of Jesus in me, and not the Jesus who got sued by Hamilton, because that Jesus seems like a, a dick. Yeah. Um, but the Jesus that like made sure I was always very like on the straight and, and so what did that get you? So all of those um, hours of studying, what did that get you? I. You know, honestly, I'd like to say that I'm a very well-versed person. I'm very versed. Mm. But also, like, I, I'd like I'm to versed think, too, but straight C. No, but I'd like to, th well, but I'd like to think I'm very good at problem solving, at self-taught learning. Same. No, don't even. I'd like to say I, I learned patience. In Same. All of that. No, I don't know about that either. Um, I also didn't pay for college because I had scholarships. I, I worked my way through college, no, waiting tables. I didn't, I don't have student debt. 
I didn't have to pay for it. I didn't have student debt either. I didn't have to work for jobs. I, I, I only had I, I did porn. One. I, I, well, told, I like fair. my work. I didn't do porn until after college, actually. So that's kind of funny. But porn paid for college. No, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. I, I There's no shame whatsoever, especially from this channel, for getting your college dues however you do. With do, do. Do, do. Yes, do, do. <laughs> do, 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 do. Daddy Shark. <laughs> There you go. You got the joke. Speaking of shark, oh my god, shark! There's a shark on the beach. Look over there. A surfing shark. No, with today's sponsor, Manscaped, who's gonna make sure that the sharks don't bite at your genitals. That was the 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 most convoluted. With their smooth sack end of summer sale. Now with summer coming to a close, it's all it's very sad, right, Daddy? Yes. Daddy shark. <laughs> Life's a beach. <laughs> well, what a sad daddy shark sounds. Oh, that's so sad. Well, it is. Well, it may be the end of summer body season. It's not the end of just making sure you take care of your hygiene and hygiene, making sure you keep your boys, girls, or whoever you got downstairs nice and fresh Why and trimmed. Yeah, no matter if your name is Jean or Jane. Keep your hedges trimmed. Jim or <laughs> with offer code what, Daddy? Watts20. At manscaped.com. Now, we know a thing about manscaping, um, but regardless if you're a man or not, Manscaped does make a wonderful set of tools to make sure that your hair care is fairly Down there. Great. Down there. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Now, I love the Lawnmower 4.0. I use it on my face to keep my scruff. I also use it on my body to keep my smoothness where I like it. Um, but, Daddy, you like the... Weed Whacker, which whacks all the weeds in my nose. Which, did we mention that they're waterproof? And that they help to reduce nicks and cuts? Much like a net captures a shark. <laughs> Why are you on the shark? I'm, try I'm trying to just subtly mention the advertising. Don't... Keep, don't bite don't chomp at the bit Ooh, a I'm shark a bit. that'd be fun now manscaped knows what's good below the belt and so they'll make sure you get the perfect performance package which includes that of course a lot more 4.0 the weed whacker as well as two free gifts with the perfect performance package 4.0 say that five times fast perfect performance package 2.0 no 4.0 which includes the boxers with the lovely jewel pouch and the shed travel bag now manscaped has also come out recently with some lovely uh lip balms which i love and daddy hasn't seen any of because i took all of them a lovely uh body spray which keeps you fresh uh conditioners shampoos and all the hair care that you will need in the bathroom or out so check out manscaped at manscaped.com use off code watts 20 now, I always really liked back to school season as well because you got to shop for new clothes. I was just going to ask you that. Oh, Did your you? mom take you pants shopping? Okay, I, well, once a year so... we went pants shopping and it was for new and I always got corduroys. Do you remember corduroys? Yeah, because that's that was the only option we we had. I went to a Catholic school for 10 years as a child. So, we didn't have back to school shopping, daddy. Our back to school shopping was backpacks was and against... Lisa Frank like folders. Is that against Catholic religion? You uniforms Duh. oh oh yeah we didn't yeah. have fun clothes oh, I, I was i was frumpy as all hell until i got to high school and then that was the very first time that but i went you... to like an h&m or not h&m no back then it was like abercrombie and fitch hot topic 
and but like you, you could zhuzh it up those uniforms like the the catholic school girls they would tie it in a bow in the front to look Day, all i was a gay i was a gay exactly i was you trying to zhuzh it down i didn't want to get bullied <laughs> at a catholic school i mean i still was because again i was high gay i well high gay was not popular back then it was more like I got bullied. I'm it allowed to use that place. to make jokes and ha 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 at them. Okay. Um, that said, please, t please teach kids to not be terrible. Please. If you Did have you kids. have a lunchbox at least? Oh yeah. I got, I had toy story in kindergarten. I had like, so Power you know, Rangers. So what's so funny to me now is you know how Lunch like balls. everybody is like washing their fruit and putting tin foil around everything and packaging everything. My mom used to just throw sandwiches and cookies and stuff in oh, yeah. a rusty lunchbox. Oh. Wait, not even in like a paper or a plastic kettle? No, I had a oh, Dukes yeah. of Hazard lunchbox that was rusting on the inside. So I was eating a healthy dose of iron with every meal. So. <laughs> I... I Okay, cool, fun. Um, I was a big, my, my mom was a big fan of Lunchables. Some days she didn't want to pack, and honestly, Lunchables were the best. Lunchables? Lunchables that's nowadays? That's like three crackers and a nowadays? cheese cube. Okay, no, they were, there was at least six crackers, and that cheese, while disgusting, would like mold to the insides of your stomach for the yeah, rest of the day. It's not enough to sustain and it. And the, the meat you could like throw on the window of the cafeteria, and it would stay there for a day or two. it's not meat, it's rubber. Oh yeah, it bounced. It bounced. My favorite though was the uh, cold taco meat ones. They had tacos. Ew. Everyone says ew. ew. Like, okay, I'm a puppy, so like that makes sense, I guess. But I loved the taco meat. It was cooked. Oh my goodness. What they they were Taco Bell ones. Anyway, <laughs> is my nutrition bad? Well, well, it's not great. I mean, I was a kid. I was. I did lots of sports. Now, if I was trying to be nutritious, though, Daddy, you know what we could do? What? Take Magic Mind. Take to what? Magic Mind. What's that? That is today's second sponsor. Oh. Now let's talk about productivity, especially as we get back into school season and not only productivity, but nutrition. Um, our our newest, our newest to the show, Magic Mind, is it's one of those shots that you take that kind of helps you focus oh, throughout the day. These I did are the one things of these I've literally yesterday. been Yes, you. you've been giving me them. Actually, they really work. As a matter of fact, I should have had one before we started this podcast because you would they wake me up and they make me feel alert. Yeah, because they're, they're meant to be like something to replace a cup of coffee or soup. Yeah, it's great. Mm -hmm. So for me, I have been using the last two weeks, I've been using Magic Mind, trying it out, making sure I tested it. Because like anything that we promoted on the show, we make sure that we've at least used, enjoy, and are thoroughly <laughs> invested in. Or he feeds to me. I didn't know this is what it was called. <laughs> I told you it was a little green juice. Yes, you told yeah. green juice. <laughs> so I'm like your hamster. You're just, I'm your guinea pig. Yeah, I gave you their little pamphlet. It was the Magic Mind and then the... It gives you all the details uh, about like being able to focus. You stop procrastinating. I've been you, putting it in my like, protein shake. It's really good. It works wonderfully in yeah. like protein or protein shakes, but also I really like in a pre-workout. Like mm. a, I have a little fruity pre-workout. It's got some lovely flavors and the ingredients itself are all natural. So they have matcha. They have bacopa moneri. What the, what the hell is that? Lion's mane mushroom, as well as some other cordyceps mushrooms. Now, have you heard of cordyceps? No. Because in, in The Last of Us, The Last of Us cordyceps are like this, this magic kind of fungus. It's a, it's a video game thing. I love cordyceps, though, as y'all will soon oh, find out. okay. What so, about the lion's mane mushrooms? Well, so those are uh, a new tropey and adapted gin. <laughs> reduces anxiety and inflammation while also supporting 
cognition by preventing neural degeneration. Wow. Now, I, I'm, I'm an editor. I like to edit things, and I require a little bit more focus than some people might need. And the last week and a half that I've been taking Magic Mind, I've found myself not only being able to focus, but also a lot more alert and not drinking as much coffee. So if you would like to try it out, consider it. I, I really, really enjoy Magic Mind. I will be continuing to use it. I've already bought some other boxes. So please use our code WATTS at the link down below to get not only 40% off of subscription, but 20% off one-time purchase offers. Oh, that's pretty good. I, I'm actually going to use that. You should. Yeah. Magicmind.co slash Watts. W-A-T-T-S. So wait, so you've been doing them. That is that why you stopped giving them to me? Is this like the chapstick? <laughs> Stop hoarding the product. I have a whole box if you would like some. I want some more. It's I got ran a nice out. fruity taste that gives you a nice pep in your step. Check out Magic Mind today and let us know what you think. Honestly, let us know what you think because I want to know if you guys are enjoying something, if it's giving you a little bit more focus throughout the day. And just want to say thank you to Magic Mind. And stop bogarting the product. I'm not bogart. What does bogarting <laughs> even stand? What does that mean? You know, Explain bogarting to me. Bogart. Mm -hmm. You ever see an old Humphrey Bogart movie where he, he's smoking a cigarette and okay. his ash is out to here? It's it, it's kind of like... It sounds like something that you you have like a night terror to. So maybe you should take some Magic Mind to help you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> I had a friend named Bo. In school to bring yeah. it back to school. No, uh, I actually did, but that was that's a bad segue. Daddy, how are you this week? I'm As good. We kind of get into the the gist of it all. I'm good. I uh, just got back from a trip over the weekend to um, uh, Seattle, Tacoma. Well, uh, yeah, Seattle, is Seattle, Tacoma, um, which I had never been to before, and I really, really enjoyed it. I I, I liked it. It was a cute town, that. and that surprises me because, and I'm not shitting on Tacoma. No. Hello, Tacoma. Careful. No, I am. I'm saying that I grew up in Seattle, and Tacoma's kind of always like a little far out there. Well, so what so I, I liked about you know how I enjoy flipping houses, and so like flipping lots of things. It Dang. it has this like Careful. huge in <laughs> huge inventory of old craftsman style houses that are really run down mm. that could be zhuzhed up so easily I, I like every time we were driving through a neighborhood i'm like ooh, ooh, and i'm like getting flashes of ideas of what i could do to fix up the yard and how to fix up the paint job and how to fix up that funky wooden door and weird staircase they had built um so it, it gave me lots of ideas i really enjoyed it but i went there to um visit uh, visible restraint who's a dom hypnosis the bondage guy. website yeah yeah um <clears throat> amazing bondage great into hypnosis i i got did more hypnosis which i now get your uh the appeal of that careful <laughs> well what i liked about his hypnosis was it was very hands-on aggressive so like didn't he didn't you say that one of the triggers was literally slapping you it wasn't a trigger oh he would he would, he, that would trigger some people he would make me fall asleep and then he would slap me awake which was awesome i loved that <laughs> so you're like and sleep and i'm like you know and i'm like next thing i know i'm being slapped awake it was great 
<laughs> you have very interesting uh, hypno. It was very rough. As a matter that's, of fact, one of the scenes was he he tied me up with this very coarse, rough hemp rope. That, oh, ooh, oh, ow. it was so scratchy. Ow. It was so uncomfortable. It was wonderful. That. Oh no, it was wonderful. I'm sure, you loved it. It was so great, and he tossed me around like a rag doll, and uh, with his toy bin. Um, who's also another lovely human being that um, I stayed with. That's such a confusing sentence. Um, oh, yeah. Ben no, is his fun. toy. Yes, I got that. Ben is like the most beautifully propor proportioned human being I've ever seen. Oh, she's proportionized. Like mm -hmm. long legs, killer ass, great you dick, pecs, wired nipples. It, like if you were inventing a toy for me to play with, this is the most perfect human being for me. And uh, we had lots of fun. What are you singing? I was singing work. Work it, girl. <laughs> oh, anyway, it was a lovely, lovely time. That's good. I, I kind of I had a nice another nice weekend at home, which actually I, I didn't edit anything. I was just answering emails we did some twitch stuff um and saw a lovely show ben de la creme and jinx monsoon speaking of drag race uh we're in town with peaches christ mm. lovely lovely drag uh i don't know icon i would call her peaches in the area of san francisco but all over the world uh who does a bunch of stage shows that are always kind of like she did troop beverly heels with trixie mattel forever ago and this was kind of uh they, they've done this show forever ago probably six years ago but it was nice to see Ben de la Creme and Jinx Monsoon in town again. And it was a really good show. They did Death Becomes Her. Mm. Or Drag Becomes Her. Drag Becomes Her. That was the, the, the dragged version of it. Fun. It was really funny. And I had a really nice time. Um, so a big shout out to Jinx, the new reigning queen of Queens. Like, good for her. Old friend of Seattle, as is Ben. They're both actually... To tie it all in, this is kind of funny. They're mm. also from Seattle. Everyone was We're from Seattle. I, there. You know, so I, what, what I noticed was Seattle has a very big fetish community. Oh, yeah. Um, I was not aware of that until this. So the first night we got there, we went to a leather social in Tacoma at The Mix. And it started off very small, but it grew exponentially overnight, over, exponentially. over the course of the oh night. And uh, Invisible Restraint uh, tied me to this cute little puppy uh, there, and we uh, hijinks incurred. It was very Jinx fun. was there. See? See, Jinx is everywhere. <laughs> she gets around. Um, so another, I we need to we need to talk about what you post on some of the public channels. By the way, why? What do you mean? You t you posted a bondage struggle video. So on our Instagram. That was that was cutesy. I put really cute music. Then I, then I saw that and I was like, "It's funny." It was funny. There was no there was nothing publicly sexual about it. We were bondage is well. That's a question though. Is bondage inherently sexual? No. Okay. And that was like fun games. It was like it was like being a pinata. You know, <laughs> you, know it's, you know how how that's you fun at parties. Please, when they're bound, please, unless they want to be. There's a, there's a, there's a line there, especially someone suspended. I've never seen a human pinata, but would you ever suspend a boy and smack him around a little bit? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Well, I'm not. You don't know. A toy may fall out. <laughs> I was gonna say that, or a ball gag, or maybe some candy. What if they put candy in their mouth? 
<laughs> Ooh, what if you you put candy in their ass and plug it with the butt okay. plug in? Oh, okay. <laughs> um, other big news, other big gay news. Ooh, Twitter Circles is here. What the hell is that? I've seen this all day long. Everyone's I'm, talking about their circle. Their I'm circle. Call, their I'm circle, calling it Twitter circle. holes because the hole is like a circle. <clears throat> um, because that's all Twitter Circles is going to be used for. It's in the gay always community. funnier when you have to explain. It's it. gonna no, but I. <laughs> I'm going to explain something to you here in a second about how you So what is it? Okay, good segue. So it is like, it's like Instagram close friends. Have you seen that filter? Like on your story page? Oh, you see. What what happened? You know, I I tend to, roll it back. I tend to recall someone saying that they adapt and learn new things earlier when we were talking about school. (laughs) Not when they're stupid. So, (laughs) you know, so I can. You're calling people's holes stupid now? No, I'm talking about all Mm. these stupid features Instagram Mm -hmm. has now implemented and Facebook. And Facebook has gotten so hard to post to now that they literally make you now go to your phone to post multiple pictures. I'm like, why? That's so stupid. Why are you making this harder? Work it, girl. I don't because they want you to work. Um, so close friends. I well, while I do not use it, caveat. I think it's a fun addition to Instagram Reel or Stories because it allows you to post stuff that people are not going to flag. People in your close friends are like the people you don't mind sharing a little bit of side butter nudes to. Like I'm in some people's close friends and they post nudes every once in a while. I'm not saying who. I always post nudes. So what's the difference? On Twitter, on Instagram. Oh, you can do nudes on Instagram now? Are you listening? Kind of. <laughs> it's Tracy. <laughs> you can also now in your Twitter circles literally post something that stays on your wall. Uh-huh. But it's just it's pretty much a segmented off group of people that you designate mm-hmm. that allows you to share whatever you want that's not going to be flagged by people that shouldn't be Well, so here's the thing. So who flags on Twitter? I'm already a porn account on Twitter, no, so I'm ta- who's I'm- flagging? Everyone's. Uh, I went to flagging in the park over the weekend, actually. But that's <laughs> okay. a whole other story. Um, flagging. You you know how you put content up and then mm-hmm. it gets flagged. Well, that happens automatically. No, no, no. But I'm talking about when something gets pulled down on like an Instagram. Yeah. Okay. That's but, not just the robots doing that. People do flag your content on. Occasion. Yeah. My question is, who's flagging on Twitter? I've never been flagged on Twitter. Your entire account's flagged. I'm saying. I know. This Daddy, is, do you not see the. In are you the, not listening? No, you're not listening. That's <laughs> you're not thing. listening to me. <laughs> Let's say you want to post nudes to uh-huh. your very close friends, but you don't want to post it all over the internet. So let's. I figure if you post it anywhere, it's going to be all over the internet. No, that's the that's the intent of circles and close friends is to to post it. I'm saying that it is it could be used as a fun tool to allow people to be a little more sexually expressive, consensually, of course. Um, but it is a way in which you can share information secretly. Let's say you want to post about a party that's happening on Twitter to your close Twitter friends, but no one else. Okay, that's a better example. The now the, I understand. The invitation to a party rather than the this tasteful nude that you can get secretly was a better example. Yes, because I do, I do because you already nothing post all but the nudes. tasteful nudes. I know, all but time. maybe you just want to send that classy little hole where you're winking at the camera to just the close friends. I like to give it to everybody. I'm, 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 Daddy is I'm an, clearly not gonna add a circle. Open door holes. <laughs> I'm simply saying that this is a new option. I think it's fun. I think it's great. I think uh, the, that y'all should add me on more of your circles. That's all I'm saying. I think it's more work. It's it's a, it sounds like more work. work. It's, it's, so let's, no, because okay. then no, you have no, to no, make no, a list. No, no, you have no, to make a new list and you have to, to keep me. the list updated. Would you rather yeah. have to create two Twitter profiles, one that is for sex work? Uh, and one that is for your YouTube. That's what or, you do. I know. And I'm saying now with circles, mm-hmm. you can create one social that you can do both things with. 
I doubt it. I bet they're going to flag me anyway. Well, so they that's they my, flag that's me my for question. putting headshots. That's my there. question yeah. is how that's going to work. <laughs> I'm simply I'm speaking honestly as a hypothetical like this could be how it goes. But do I want to see your circle? Absolutely. Show me your circle. Why not? I, and you again, don't get it. You I show my it. circle to everyone. So. Daddy, and this is why you're not open to learning new things. Because you, my circle is. You, you shit on the circle before you Ooh. even try the circle. What? what? You are. You're not even trying. My circle is always clean. We don't, you know, you're, yes, just when we talk about clean, though, make sure it's just about the, your my circle. circle. You know, we're not talking about STIs, STDs, okay? Uh. We, we say tested regularly. No STIs, no STIs. Anyway. That's where you have circles. Circles is a big thing. Ugh. I'll probably like add circles to the title of this podcast and it'll do better because people want to know what, what circles are. I want to know Wasn't opinion. there a movie, The Circle or something? It was a show. No, no. Which is all about social media, actually. There, Yeah, that was a movie. I think you're probably right. Yeah. And we're both right. Yeah. The Circle is literally a TV show. On but Netflix. it was a movie first. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue about something I don't yeah. know. Like some people. <laughs> do you know what show I'm talking? about? It was about? called The Circle. Do you know what show? The movie I'm was called The Circle. Do you know what? No, show I'm I don't know what show okay, you're well, talking don't about. Don't argue. Okay. Anyway, so it, it it'll be interesting to see how these new platform things work out, or if they even take off, because now their Instagram's cutting back on Reels because of how people have responded. Did you see how have that? they responded? Well, people just are tired of everything turning into TikTok. Yeah. And I am too. I, I hear when people are like yelling and, you know, angry about it. Um, but that's just kind of how progress happens sometimes is we, 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 we allow things. To I don't change. even know what Instagram is anymore. It's, it's all over the place. It's everything. It's a conglomeration, but I will say Twitter took the close friends thing from Instagram for once. So, hmm. anyway. all right. Well, I can't wait to see how this turns out, but I'm not doing more work. But you don't have to. Well, you do if you have to you do. do two I'm not lists. even asking if you, have you to, to use it. Oh my two god, lists we're... of people. So the other thing is, I don't even know. So like, I have like five thousand friends. I'm supposed. I just to go want everyone to know the and... Circle TV show started in 2020. Circle the movie was in 2017. The movie has a very so bad the, rating. The movie was first. The movie was first, it's but like, it has a 15 percent so on Rotten Tomatoes. I was right. So I think I didn't say show... it was a good movie. <laughs> I never said that. You know what it wasn't? A good movie? <laughs> about kink. Now, uh, I want to talk about... Because we're talking about back to school today. Sorry, oh my God, you that's, full, your sentence? that's full circle. It's full circle. Oh, my God. I was going to say that. You beat me to it. <laughs> Sorry, did you finish your, your, your idea? Done. Go. Okay. Yep. So, I want to talk about mm-hmm. kink. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the podcast. What's your um, No, but I want to talk about it in such a way that, like, we're talking about how it's changed over the years. Because mm-hmm. recently... And the, the point of this episode was I was at, recently asked to look at and and fill out for one of the first people a part of the study, uh, a study by Tashra. You know Tashra? Tashra. Okay. So Tashra is an organization that is doing a an international kink health survey. Okay. And because we're educators in the kink world, they asked us to look at it and they sent us one of the first entries into this survey. But it is open now to the public, and I really am excited about it because it's it's a study that's coming along. Um, I think it's IKHS for short, which stands for X International Kink Health Study. <laughs> International Kink Health Study. Anyway, 
Uh, anyway, See, I learned quickly. It, it is one of the first times I've seen a project like this where it talks about pleasure and kink and your sexuality as well as your race, identity, healthcare, even in such a way that we're talking about recurring fantasies and practices. Um, and it's it's hoping to open up to thousands of people to pretty much just talk about this in an anonymous way. It's not it's not tracking anything but the information you give it, but it's not taking names. And I, I don't know if it takes emails, but I think you have an option to if you want to learn more. So it's about normalizing kink. Now, so wait a second. If are they married to the acronym X? Because if they <laughs> added an L, they could make it the Leather International. It'd be Licks. Isn't that better? I, Marketing. I'm not on the I, Licks. Okay, they we're not sponsored by them. I'm just <laughs> telling people about it. Come on, this is a sponsor. Right? I just I want people to be aware that this thing is act, is happening. Share it with their kink communities, and maybe we can get like some better studies out there for kink because. I did a little bit of research myself mm -hmm. on like the the past of talking about kink in studies, and there's not tons. There's not considering health. Like we do so many health studies in our in our world, very few that are educational, that are taking into consideration different marginalized communities, but also taking into consideration access to healthcare, education, and asking people about their experiences in the kink realm. Hmm. I, I heard you heard none of that. I did. The way in which you said I agree. No, no pause, no question. You want me to question you, really? I want you to have a conversation. I'm having a conversation. Go. I agree. I... So my question that kind of came up by, while looking into all these studies, yes. and I'll, I'll mention a few, is, is normalizing kink good? Yes. You did not just take a drink as I asked you a question. Let me swallow. I um, wish you would. Yes. Why? Because the more we normalize it, the less it becomes taboo. What if people like the taboo? Mm. And that's their kink? Mm. Then that's mm. fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to be bullied for being kinky. Interesting. I, 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 so I've taught classes on socially acceptable BDSM. And I think it's all around us in our world. Um, but when you put the sex part to it is when it becomes taboo and like even just a hard massage like rolfing where they're getting Bless under you. the muscle muscle and it hurts but it hurts so good right even as a kid when you wiggled your tooth oh, ow. when when ow. It, ow. Ow. It, ow. it hurt but you enjoyed it. Yeah, I know. I get <laughs> that. You kept doing it. You kept wiggling that loose tooth because it, it was firing some neurons in you that gave you pleasure. Um, it gave you kind of this exciting feeling, and it made you feel very awake. What would a Ralph study stand for? Rolf. Rolf. What would that study? What does it study? Really outstanding leather families. I don't think it's an acronym. No, I know, but what would it? I don't know. Do you know how to? I'm 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 I'm, I'm ad libbing here. I'm talking. I'm having a conversation. No, but that that's fair. That is how about, fair. How about Wreck It Rolf? And then there's just it it, was yeah a video game. yeah that's that it, I'd hit that with a hammer. I, I'd hit him with a hammer. I think that the studies in which we look at like through the the kink guys, the kink gays, they're they're few and far between. But there's lots of queer studies that we. In more recent years have actually used as the basis for talking about how we we normalize kink maybe but also how we formulate our kink identities because i mean when i grew up as a kid like 
while I was bullied for being LGBTQ, mm-hmm. like I didn't know what kink was until mm, a little bit more into my teens. And I certainly didn't act upon it with other people until it was, you know, legal. But I think that, and there's a certain study I do want to talk about besides Tashra, which is again, an active study linked in the down below in the description, check it out if you want, no pressure. Um, but there's an actual study recently that talks about how we formulate kink. First though, I want to talk about kink studies that have existed in the past and how we've, we've started talking about kink more educationally. Now, one of the very first ones in 1979, mm-hmm. now again, a while back, that we reference in a lot of kink studies is the sexual identity development focused on exclusivity of LGBTQ people or uh, CAS, C-A-S-S, the model of gay and lesbian identity identity development. Have you heard of that before? I have not. So CAS was kind of this early, uh, oh wait, CAS is the the scientist that looked into this, sorry, who talked about identity development. Now, when we discover that we are different, do you remember when you kind of found out you were gay? I kind of just always knew okay. um, from, from ch- very early on, I knew I was gay. I knew... I think around from 14 on, I knew I was 11, 12. I think it was like fifth or sixth grade when kids like leaned over and said I was gay. And I was like, that's, that means happy. Okay. Thanks. Like I was a very sheltered child. And then I, I looked into it. I don't think Google exists. Did Google exist back then? Well, I knew because I was just constantly jacking off to images of men. Oh, well, I mean, I learned about that a few years later, but just like the, the conception of yay in my mind was definitely at a young age. And the way the cast model works is it starts as, at least in the, their mind of like not knowing if you're LGBTQ to forming a full like quote unquote identity is you start as confusion, which is just that gay confusion. I relate with that. Um, and then you, you go into comparison where you're looking at your peers. Mm-hmm. I could tell that I was definitely a little bit more flamboyant, a little bit more creative, a little bit more artsy at a young age than my peers. You go into tolerance. And now I had a really hard time with that. Did you ever have like some inner demons and issues with your own personality? So I don't even think I did confusion or comparison. I didn't compare myself to other kids, but okay, I did. I did struggle with acceptance because my parents were telling me that it was wrong. The Bible said it was wrong. Oh, so yeah. I knew I was, and I was bucking the trend. Um, so many, but I had to hide it because my parents, homosexuality was just wrong. Maybe that's why, because they talked about it at a very young age as being wrong. So you were already transgressive. You were, you were, you were possibly, okay. You were poking the pickle because, yeah, but I wasn't comparing myself to other kids. I knew, I knew I was different. Okay. But you, to, to know you're different would be to compare. One might argue. One might, but not me. <laughs> okay, well, one study might argue. Anyway, so you go from confusion to comparison, to comparison to tolerance. Now, uh-huh. tolerance for me took a while, because I I, pr- I prayed to God to make me straight, you know, whatever the fuck that means. Because um, the straights aren't okay either, if you think the gays aren't okay. Going from tolerance to acceptance, mm-hmm. again, that uh, took me until my teens, probably my late teens to really accept that. So I went from acceptance to how do I escape? So escape I escape the gay? No, escape my parents. Oh. So I <laughs> wanted to move this. out of the house as fast as I possibly could so I could go be gay. 
and I could go be myself. Mm. And I did. I left home when I was 17. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know if I, I, I skipped the comparison. Um, and went straight to the comparison. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I was just doing the escapism. Mm. No, I get that. But that, that's a way to find acceptance, though, is to, sure. to, to find where you belong. For me, it was, it was letting myself figure out college. And then I think coming out of college, I was a lot more, uh, I was a lot more stable in my LGBTQ identity because I was able to start dating people. I mean, going to a Catholic school did a number. So was the acceptance of yourself or others around you? Because that's what I struggled with the oh, most. Oh, acceptance of self. Oh, this see, is, I accepted myself. Being I had the hardest time having and being worried about how others would accept me. Same to a degree before I learned to accept myself. But then once I kind of learned myself and accepted that, I was able to look at others and be like, oh, yeah, they're, they're just a different kind of queer person, you know? Hmm. Um, anyway, from acceptance, you move to pride. So everyone just goes to pride. And then pride into synthesis, which is, I think, where you start to, like, kind of give back to the system that helped to create you, pretty much, getting in, involved in community. Hmm. So that, okay. that, that, the caste model is something that people reference a lot with, when it comes to psychology uh, and other studies. From there, we have many psycho like psychological studies. But nowhere that, in there does it uh, do kink. No, no, no. So we're moving. Just we're, gay. This is where a lot of queer-related research, kink included, um, draws the identity development. Okay. Because queer people experience identity development in a way that I don't think straight people can always relate. Okay. But we can draw a lot of that in how kink relates. Because you know how there's a coming out process when, mm -hmm. you're, when you're queer? Mm -hmm. You yourself have many times in a video talked about coming out as kinky being its own process that's similar, correct? Yes. <laughs> Would you like to tell me about that? Ask the question again. Oh my God. See, I know you're not listening. Uh, nothing. From there, we can look at how the DSM destigmatized kink uh, and fetish a bit in 2010 and then published in 2013. And that was, that was where they differentiated if a kink or fetish actually causes harm to you. And then that is where it would only, that's the only time when it causes distress or harm that a kink or fetish is bad in that regard. So, and that was that, until 2010. Well, they, they decided on it in 2010, and I think it was published in 2013 officially. Okay. And that was because, and even racists talked about this before. It's like back then, before they, they announced this, you could, you could be literally in court asking a partner to like tie you to a bedpost for fun, telling them to slap you, um, dressing like a woman if you are a designated a man, or even admitting like a fetish for feet could be used against you in court in a very negative sort of way. Right. I would imagine, especially uh, in custody battles for children. Yeah. So in 2010, I think it was the American Psychiatric Association who announced they'd be changing the code mm. for BDSM fetishism and quote unquote tran transvestic fetishism, which is a variant of cross-dressing. And if that is an offensive sort of thing, apologies, but I'm just quoting the American Psychiatric Association, which we all know is probably a little problematic because... Well, apparently slow, too, because if this isn't until 2010, I mean, think about that. That's only 12 years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's amazing that's taken this long. Yeah, and that was in 2013 when it finally published. It was where it was the first time that they differentiated just playing rough with actual pathology, um, meaning like consenting adults are no longer deemed mentally ill for choosing to 
based on studies that say that kinky people can be more mentally healthy. They have better relationships, um, but they're also like working through some trauma in some ways, like showing that kink is a good thing for us. So, and you, you know what? So this, so if that was until 2010, guess who was breaking this ground 10 years earlier? Madonna. She was doing sure. all of these BDSM videos. She was normalizing kink. This is why normalizing kink is good for society because it shows that you're not a sociopath or a psychopath for enjoying pleasure from BDSM and kink. Um, and not just enjoying though, enjoying having relationships that are a little bit more, or maybe less vanilla, but more different and doing it consensually. There's nothing, there shouldn't be anything wrong with that. As long as no one is, is having any act of harm, which we can, we can see within studies, like when people are being kinky, they're having more consensual conversations. They're having more aftercare. They're having before care. They're having conversations that say, do you want this? Do you like this? What does this look like? And that all is a good thing. So, and we're getting there. This is where we're getting daddy okay. in 2019. And we've kind of touched on this a little bit growing up kinky research shows how kink identity is formed. Um, now, Samuel Hughes, who's actually commented on some videos that we've done before, because we we included their research uh, in a few, like, coming out kinky videos. Okay. So, they're a follower. They're a fan. Hi, Sam. Um, they are a psychological researcher at the University of California, who, who would have known that this kind of study would come from California, um, who studies experiences in kinky individuals in the context of the social world. Uh, so, that includes self-concepts of personality, stress intersectionality and the development or enactment of kink bdsm and fetish desires so destigmatizes talks about and references all these studies we've been talking about but doing so through i think it was fetlife at the time like found a, a big pool of people on fetlife which is not my preferred but is still a very but i mean it's a start. test subject matter it is, I, it is. I, 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 it's a control group for Absolutely. sure <laughs> no no i i'm not saying it was a bad one i'm saying that i wish there would have been more more than just vet life, you know. Mm -hmm. Let's let's expand it to other parts of the internet where people go because I don't think I set foot on vet life more than once every five years. <laughs> well, and maybe now it will. Well, that's what I'm hoping with the international kink study. Like, I want to see more research like this. Of course, using what we've learned. Of course, talking about the DSM, talking about psychology, talking about even some of the the negatives that people will point out about people that have fetishes and whatnot. But but doing so through the lens of the actual community without stigma is so important. And so in the study, uh, two of the major questions that were asked was, tell me about your earliest memory of being interested in some kind of kink. Okay. And so my earliest memory would be oh, okay. Um, okay. Wild Wild West. Uh, anytime uh, uh, Mr. West was tied up. Was it, Will Smith in this movie? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why would you do that to me? Ah, no, this hot. is Robert Conrad in his tight, sexy pants. Okay. He would get captured and tied up and restrained. And oh my God, that did really oh. tingly things to my naughty parts. <laughs> I bet they did. As a kid. Okay. For so me, that's my earliest memory. For me, it was playing like Power Rangers. You know what Power Rangers are, right? Yes. Are they like the Teletubbies? playing Power Rangers and not even going to acknowledge the question. Uh, and like the evil person, we were like, you know, 10 or so. So the villain. Yeah, the evil monster. I forget. It was like the pillow monster, probably. Who knows? We were so, children. Teletubbies. <laughs> I'm going to tell your tubby. 
had like special rope abilities so they would like tie people up to like a chair or a pole and they'd have to be saved it was very homoerotic and again young kid don't know what sex is don't don't know what sexuality is but i know when i feel a thing in my pants mm -hmm. that is arousal without a boner i don't remember having a boner i feel like there's this time in the 90s like when rin and stimpy came out and stuff where parents just assumed that cartoons were uh uh appropriate appropriate just just flat out a cartoon is for a child and they didn't realize that beavis and butthead and then we're making all these off-color jokes and these cartoons i just saw rin and stimpy where here's literally fucking him in the ass with a a, a saw basically it's log, it's log. and i'm like it's big it's hard it's wood yes it's log, it's, log. it's better it's bad it's good so i i feel like the early 90s was just a go fever for dream. It. Yeah. It was a fever dream. Okay. A kinky fever dream. And all the cartoonists were having a field day. And then causing all of us to have kinks at a young age when we <laughs> didn't know how to express it. Every single Saturday morning cartoon had just a moray, a maraid, a, a Moira Rose of kinks in it. Like, yeah. Schlurgle Boggle. So normalizing form. kink. Kind of, yeah. So that was the first question was earliest mm -hmm. memories. And then the second question was, tell me a story when you first started to consider yourself a kinky person. And that is a lot more in depth. That, that requires a bit of introspection. Hmm. Do you remember that? I think it was when I was. When did your identity crystallize and turn into a phoenix? When I was 16, I had a sleepover with another male friend. Oh. And we had a competition in the middle of the night of who could stack the most weights on our boner. <laughs> yeah bro lift that weight he won strangely and he i think he's straight but he was totally getting off you on think? putting we were laying down on the floor with hard-ons and just stacking oh weights up like a pyramid ow okay on top. Yeah, this, this makes me feel like something's gonna snap and i, don't like I think it. that's when i realized i was kinky because i was like this is hot, hot. <laughs> my first um my first, oh, hi, mom. My mom tried to FaceTime me. Uh, my first realization, that's a hard one. Maybe when I really? went to a leather contest. That was your first realization? In Seattle. Well, what got you to the leather contest? Mm, the, 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 the gays. The gays. Let's, the gays, yeah. So wait, gay. you just accidentally stumbled into a leather contest? Not accidentally. And, okay. Um, but I... There had to be a reason you were going. There had to be an interest. It was at the Cuff in Seattle. Mm -hmm. And it, the cuff was just a, a a bar, but it was also heavily leather. Like, cause hey, Seattle, back to Seattle. Um, the Seattle Leathermen were very popular. You didn't have to be a kinkster to be aware of the leather community there. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one night I was just like, oh, there's a contest. What's that? And I think I might have bought a leather harness like a few days beforehand because it was cute at the local uh, the local leather place. And you didn't think you were a kinkster then when you're buying a little strip of leather to go across your chest? No. Really? Like I knew I was into to like kink.com films at the time, but I don't think I really considered myself a kinkster. Like I, I, I liked kinky things, but I didn't think I was kinky until I finally like saw the community. When, when you don't have a tangible thing that says this is kink. When you didn't have representation. Yeah. 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 And I, I wouldn't have known about any of that until getting into the community for real. Again, this is from my very closeted upbringing of like Catholic school and... Mm -hmm. 
the suburbs that I lived in. I think, and probably lots of people are that way. Yeah. Uh, we get we get comments all the time on our Twitter and Instagram feeds of people who are like questions that we I I read and I'm like, oh, why don't you know that? And it's just it's their first time realization that this community exists and i think i'm part of it how do i know <laughs> i'm like well <laughs> if it turns you on you are so kind of similar to the cast study um they from there moved into a five step sam pretty much makes this five step exploration of and kink identity development uh, and how most people go through it now it starts out with early encounters which we talked about okay and then it goes into watching tv shows yeah then it goes into exploration with self. Absolutely. Yeah, I explore myself a lot. Oh my God. Same. A lot. Of, oh, I used to tie myself up with church belts. So I, because we went to We've church a lot, I had many so times, many yeah. church belts. I'd put them end to end and then I'd get my hands down there and I'd try to tighten all the buckles as much as How I many could. times have you guys heard this story? I really want to know. Do you want me to stop talking? No, no, no. I'm curious. How, no, no. I'm not blaming. I'm not, I'm shaming. I'm not shaming you. I'm simply saying, how many times do we talk about the same story? I'm curious. I'm asking a question. I don't know. No, I wasn't shaming you. Don't, don't, don't do that. I was just like, I wonder how many times we've told this story because I've heard it a few times. But it was anyway. Continue. Expression with self. Um, for me, it was like jerking off, watching kink.com stuff. Sure. Probably before I was supposed to find it. And then what's evaluation? You where you step back and you really consider yourself and what you're into, and if it, this is kind of maybe the introspective parts where you judge yourself compare which you never did apparently but... yeah i'm like I, I don't know if i did evaluation did i miss a step <laughs> knowing you you might have read ahead did i fail this uh, did, did i just skim again yeah, probably <laughs> um and for me it was there was a little bit of like butting heads with my inner saboteur uh, but I, I got over it pretty quickly once i saw people in the wild at the bars i think i might have heard about the puppy group at a younger age before i got into the kink scene i was pretty kinky right out of the gate when I, I when I turned gay, I, I was kinky, when I and all gay. my friends knew I was kinky. You don't, you when you. I kind of got off on it. I kind of got off on that they weren't, and I was. I was really proud of it. Okay, well, that's something to be proud. No, that yeah. that's good. Finding others is the next step. So, were you, when you were proud of it, did you find others, or so did you stay by yourself? Were you alone? Oh God, no! Wolf? I I went no. to L.A. Okay. I dove head in. To I found a leather daddy. I became his leather wow. boy. He took me to the contests. He took me to fairs. He took me. I I every step of the way I was excited and going gung ho. Nice. You were definitely going ho. Uh, and, mm -hmm. For me, I found plenty of people in Seattle. Again, went to contests. Ended up living with some other kinksters for a bit. Have so many friends. Joined all the the groups. Helped to start the five hundred one c three puppy group in Seattle. Like. Well, it's a part of a lot of community stuff. And then, um, obviously, after you find people, as Daddy's mentioned, you explore with others. That's kind of the last step in your identity development. You start which, playing. Yeah. That's the fun part. That's the fun part, but I wish there was an extra step. What? Because once you explore with others, then you... I, I feel like there is like a, mat a maturation. Matur is that a word? A maturing of your identity. Okay. So, like, the, de the development of your identity is important, but, like, your identity changes as you go through it. Do you agree? Yeah, but what's the step you're missing? Maturing, like the the maturity state, like or refining or whatever you want to call it, like like shaping the identity. Now that you have you've helped to form it, you you shape it into like 
your complete person. I don't know. So are you saying you tried a plethora of kinks and then you came into the ones that you like? Yeah, I explored so with the, others and now are, I know what I like. The, you don't like, you know which kinks you don't like and which ones you do. Yeah, I'm just saying like, I wish so, there was another step there. Okay. Because I think that, that that is a huge part of not only forming the identity, but finessing of of manicuring the identity. Ooh, manicuring. That should be the final step. A mani-pedi. <laughs> For those that really like the hands and the feet. You disagree? No, I'd use my Manscaped razor for that, oh, though. Okay, well, that's using your magic mind. <laughs> so the general findings that came from this, and you can you can easily find this study if you'd like to look into it. Again, Samuel Hughes, uh, Forming the Kink Identity. Uh, but the, the major findings that they outlined within their study was that kink pathologization... Kink, can you say that? Kink mythologization? No, pathologization. Pathologization? One, one more time. Pathologization. Cool. Anyway, kink pathologization. Oh, I got it almost. Is a normal and typical part. Is a normal and typical part of kink identity development. We all are introspective, minus daddy. We all ask questions, minus daddy. We all compare ourselves to other minus daddy. I ask questions a lot. It's, I don't it's listen the to the answer, but I yeah, ask well, questions a lot. Um, they also found that early adolescence as a critical time of exploration and evaluation. I honestly think that that is true for most people. Granted, we do get comments every once in a while from maybe more mature people being like, thank you for your channel. I just found it. I'm learning. But more often than not, do you think that people start at a younger age? I do now because I think they have a lot more information at their fingertips. Why now? Because... We used to have less information. On our no, no, I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to get because you. the internet. I mean, and because there are more studies like this to to draw from. Whereas back in my day, uh, there were not these studies. The studies didn't come out until well into my day. So, did you ever hear about any of these studies? Did you ever like? Did you've never heard of the DSM before meeting me? Right? Is that a dom? Never mind. Um, other things that they found, community involvement is a huge role in positive identity development. I agree with that. I think most of us can because we talk about mentorship, learning. If you're not part of the community, are you, ooh, if you're not part of a community, are you a kinkster? Yes. I mean, obviously, yes. But in this study, it's saying that to be a full developed kinkster, that community involvement does play a very central role. Well, maybe maybe they're a kinkster, but not at the mature stage yet. That's fair. I, I maybe, but it doesn't even at least from from the the findings, it doesn't really differentiate if someone always has a community. I'd be curious to see how people that don't live in a community differ from those that are very central to or very actively involved. Like, how does the identity change from a San Francisco gay to like someone who lives in Texas or someone who lives in Tennessee? Like how, how well I, I once met a spanker in Wyoming and he was just fine. He was just looking for other people that he could spank their butts. That makes him a kinkster, but he wasn't in a community at all. Uh and it was hard for him to find, but he found them. Sure. Well, and actually, as I look at this and seeing the the consistency of studies and, and how we kind of form questions within it. Like the Tashra one, which probably took me, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes to properly do. Because it asks questions not only about your community involvement, um, but like like where you think that you fit in based on like your income and your ethnicity. It even Wait, talks... what does income have to do with it? 
I think they're looking at different communities as far as uh, your, your backgrounds, as well as your income and yeah. your social standing, um, and even healthcare and how you're treated. Like they want to know how that affects your identity as a kingster, hmm. especially if you're a marginalized community out inside of the other community. Like intersectionality is very key to that specific study from what I that's looked at. Okay. Yeah, because it, they even talk about like trans issues and are curious if people are transgender or if they even want to say so. Two-spirit, agender, genderqueer, a lot of different um, identities were offered in that study, which is, again, the first time I've seen something like that. And when they talk about kinks, my favorite part was they talk about your involvement in the community as far as years, if you do any education, if you're part of like a discord or a social group of some kind, electronically and in person. And even... <laughs> I, I feel like that, that that's just them trolling to see if uh, you can uh, tweet it out. No, <laughs> no, but that's just it. They're not asking tons of people to tweet out. They emailed me saying, hey, do you mind just looking at this? We'd like to get this like into people's faces. And if you'd like to fill it out, you can too. Not getting paid. We're not getting, I, I need to be very clear. We're not getting paid. I just really want to see this study do well. And I want to have research to look at when we're doing YouTube videos. Right. Like when we do YouTube videos, my first place when I go, when I look for details and information are studies on the thing we're talking about. But so many of those studies are by super straight people, by Teen Vogue, if it's sex related, or like a psychologist who doesn't really care too much about kink, but is just trying to make sure that, you know, they pathologize everything. There's no BDSM Vogue yet? No, but that would be... Uh... <laughs> well, there, there is Zipper. Whip it good. <laughs> Zipper. We've worked, we've worked with them. They're doing uh -huh. their best. But even they got demonetized i guess now i was wondering how they were going to get away with it well just linking to their website which doesn't include porn anywhere is now marked a pornographic wow. on youtube which you know what's really funny See, and that's why we need to normalize this because yeah, that shouldn't just to get be people talking about it yeah. um we were just told by youtube that we'll, we are not allowed to have a merch shelf because after three years of having merch shelves they've updated the guidelines to say if you if you create content that is inappropriate or not advertiser friendly you cannot have a merch shelf and I, I responded to them and I said, all of our videos recently have been green and all of our, literally 70% of our library has yellow dollar signs. So it's not advertiser friendly mm -hmm. because your old guidelines were so freaking stringent. You've updated the guidelines. Do you mind reevaluating? And they just said, well, you guys have broken tons of rules here. And I said, what did we break? Mm -hmm. Please tell me. And like, well, I cannot disclose that. Why can't you disclose you that? You can't tell me why we're not eligible for a thing. It's it's such a catch-22. In fact, two of the top creators this last week, this will be where we end maybe today, go check out the Tasha study, but like two creators this week with 20 million plus subscribers each wow. did try not to get age-restricted challenges because marginalized communities and creators of color specifically, um, a man by Cor the name of Corey, who is a gamer, was age-restricted and demonetized for a video game that they played that all the other top white creators were able to play with no age restrictions. It's the same game. And this person was family-friendly as all hell. And so the white top creators with 25, 30 million followers each said, well, that's kind of fucked up. This is literally the, our lawsuit. Right. This is literally what yeah. our lawyers are currently doing a lawsuit for people of color. They're a specific lawsuit, exactly like this. And then our own lawsuit for queer people, same verbiage, same findings, just different issues, obviously. Race is different than, than queerness, but the same lawsuits. Right. 
And now top creators, one of them played a massage porn game mm -hmm. and not age restricted, probably demonetized, which is fine, but not age restricted. And then the other one literally was looking at porn and had an eye tracker. So you could see where they were looking on the screen and they would put a, a wholesome picture next to a pornographic picture. And of course, everyone looks at the porn first. I'm not judging Jack, but <laughs> it was just so telling. And these two white creators with 20, 25 million, whatever the fuck, they get a they get they get off. They get a free pass. They get a free pass. Yeah. Because they are preferred on the platform because they're not stigmatized. It's so we so just need 25 million more followers and we'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. Even one more million. Followers okay, everybody tell your friends. Anyway, to, to finish this all off, um, I, I did want to mention the Tasha study. One part of the study, they ask about kinks, fetishes, and they actually say things that you've done, things you've done by yourself. They ask for a whole, like, like if you've done it by yourself at all, to if you've done it with others, to if you want to do it at all. So, like, for instance, single tail whipping, you would say, yes, and you've done it by yourself, but yes. you've also done it to others. Yes. For me, I'd say, like, I don't want to do that. I, don't, I have not done that by myself. It's not interesting to me. But... It, it talks about your wants and needs in a way that's talking about pleasure, that's talking about experience, and that's talking about, like, are you going to continue doing these things? Why? Mm -hmm. Which is something that you don't, like, punching was included, kidnapping, fire, ash, and cigar play is included, face Ooh, slapping, hot. hooks, Stop bondage, trying to turn me on. Tit torture, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Ah! So all of these, like, scales of interest in it. And, of course, not taking in any of your personal information. This is just asking about all these things. There's a puppy play section too. Ah. Anyway, I love learning about our community. Same. <laughs> you really need to work on like more than a word. What are you talking about? If I agree with you, I'm just going to say I agree. Do I have to expunge upon it? I don't know. Like a person on a podcast usually like agrees or disagrees and then tells you why. I know, but see, I'm bucking that trend. I am unique. Unique. <laughs> have you heard the new Beyonce album yet? No. Can you just can you just say unique in a very high pitch? Unique. One more. Unique. Great. One more. Unique. Is this my drag name? <laughs> Grumpy Daddy now unique daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. Um, I don't know. I I think that we need more data. We need more studies. We need to normalize a bit, but still keep the fun, like secretive, sexy parts to yourself. If there's things that you enjoy. But normalizing makes it so that we can educate better. Yeah. It makes it so we can be represented better. Amen. It, I'm going gonna, gonna to smack you. I'm agreeing with you. What is wrong with it's me? It's the way that you. you're agreeing to everything just to be a little bit of a shit. What? Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay. Mm -hmm. So nobody, mm -hmm. nobody is taking it that way. Just you. That's all you. Disagree. Yeah. <laughs> Are you? Nope. Sure? Yep. Why? Uh. Why? <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for putting up with us. Hopefully learning something today. Check out the Tasha study. Let us know if there's other fun studies you have been a part of, papers you've written. If you're a politician. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I hated writing papers. There was a that was the okay, worst. Wait, I no, hate writing. This is the last. Wait, what? there was no tea today. Oh, that's right. You oh, my God. My wait, tea? wait, wait, wait. Ah! Actually, oh. I I, I thought so? of this last night. 
Oh, so so I, I I thought of this yesterday. You did not just start over to say so and then say so after the so. <laughs> so so so. Uh, uh, do you want me to say this or not? That's my tea. You interrupt me all the time. Thread. Okay, I'm probably gonna get in trouble for this one, but oh. I love flight attendants. I love service. I love flying on a plane. However, I have a question. Why? Because I, when I'm done with my drink or whatever or the snack I'm having, I put it in the front pouch in the seat in front of me. Mm -hmm. And then I want to make sure that I put it in the trash bag. But why every time do they collect trash from the rear of the plane walking forward so you can't see them coming so surprise trash. they totally and if you're watching a movie or headsets they've gone by you and then even if you're like hey 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 and waving it they can't see you they're walking towards the front so this happens to me all the time it drives me crazy if you're gonna collect trash start from the front of the plane so i can see you coming and i can take the trash out of the patch pouch and hold it in the air and put it in the trash bag and wouldn't that be better for everybody because then they don't have to clean out the seat that I left the trash in that they missed because they walked from the back of the plane to the front of the plane. Is it just me? I think you might be a little bit unique <laughs> with that opinion. But uh, sure, that's... no, you haven't. Hasn't that ever happened okay, to you? My tea for the week. Is it hasn't that ever happened to you? You're, you're like Never you want to throw stuck away with me. Your, no. your trash. No, I like I anticipate when they're going to collect trash. I actually anticipate, but if they sneak up from behind and walk on by, I can't give them my trash. I don't think that's true. They, I think that they do. How's that not true? It's I think completely that they do it, true. I think they do it sometimes, but not all the time. No, I know. But why do they do it any time is my question. If you're going to collect trash, start from the front and go back. That's my motto in life. If you're going to collect some trash, <laughs> start from the front. <laughs> anyway, my tea for the week. Yes. Um, very quick. It's a hot take. Okay. A, a little shot. Okay. Um, I went to, uh, there's tons of politicians running for things coming up. Make sure you vote. Please, please register to vote. Um, went to some, some fundraising parties over the weekend, met some lovely politicians, all queer in some regard. Um, I love that San Francisco has trans people running, gay people running all the, all, all the queers. Um, but I went to one event and the politician, which is lovely. They knew who I was. I knew who they were, but then they don't think they followed me on social media. And then I get home and um, I think the politician accidentally followed my porn account <laughs> thinking it was my real account. Well, that's kind of problematic for them, isn't it? They don't, they don't want to be no, I following think, I think, porn. I think I got shadow banned again. No, I don't mind. I don't, listen, I don't because mind Because the politician followed you? I don't mind a politician following a porn star. And here's why. I would rather know people's like interests or even like affiliation with the with the sex workers and community of, of course you feel like that you're a porn star yeah i'm talking about their general public they don't want to be associated with porn normally the general public watches porn get well over i yourselves, know but they pretend they public. don't <laughs> i know but again this is this is in the state of california yeah. obviously in san francisco which is totally fine by me i would i mean at least it's not like Ted Cruz retweeting some foot porn from Pornhub, you know, or was it him? Who was it that retweeted a bunch of, no, uh, do you remember that? It was like a year or two ago. I think so. Uh, I do love that our politician Scott Wiener wore a Mr. S uh, face mask in Congress. <gasps> yeah. 
in the chambers and tweeted that it was from a local uh, local business in San Francisco, Mr. Yeah. S. Leather. See, and that destigmatizes. That, cool. that yeah. starts conversations. Like, let people be people and not hide away. I, I, I'm much more happy with people that are themselves openly but wait why did they let's get back to this politician why did they follow your porn account and not your regular account? i think my regular account's still shadow banned on twitter for some reason mm. i haven't posted a have single been doing naughty things here? i've never posted porn have you tried your circle i'm gonna i'm gonna, if gonna you, invite if my, you, maybe if you had you know a circle just today, for politicians invite your politicians to your, your circle, circle. <laughs> that's that's the lesson of today normalize kink and invite politicians into your circle call back <laughs> anyway daddy if people want to get to your circle where can they find you you can find me you don't even have to be in my circle uh on twitter <laughs> you can find me at christopher what if they want to be a part of it you can find me on christopher weston on twitter or if you want to see the naughty stuff you can go to mrchristopher.com and there's no circles there if you want to find me you can find me everywhere at pubamp or pubamp.com for the naughty bits if you're a politician and uh thank you guys all for listening today check out the the surveys add to the information and have a lovely day we'll talk to you next time goodbye Bye. but there is one caveat uh -oh. if you are going to follow me on twitter i am so deeply shadow banned you will have to spell out every letter accurately no, even then they won't show you the profile until you, you click you, into it. You have to do at K-R-I-S-T-O-F-E-R-W-E-S-T-O-N. And then you have to People still don't even spell Christopher right, though. I know. There's so many people that don't. I, I might, so first you have to learn how to spell his name. Yeah. yeah. One yeah. more time. K-R-I-S-T-O-F-E-R-W-E-S-T-O-N. See, if you put it to a tune, people remember. That wasn't a tune. <laughs> At least put it to the Mickey Mouse tune. K-R-I-S. Why? <laughs> K-R-I-S-T-O-F-E-R. F-E-R. Oh, my. I don't know. I, you, you go, just go follow us on all the social media. Hee <laughs> hee.